0: Welcome to the weekly Mission Red Bank podcast. Helping the body of Christ build itself up together in love. So here's a question to kick us off. Who or what comes first in your life? To whom or what are you devoted? So to discern the answer... We need a working definition of devotion, right? Okay. I looked it up. Here's what it said. Love, loyalty, or enthusiasm for a person, activity, or cause. Okay. So to whom or what are you the most loving or loyal? To whom or what do you show the most enthusiasm? Here might be a way to help us get to that answer. Consider how you spend your time. Consider how you spend your money. If you want to get really real with it, step back and consider how somebody who knows you really well might answer that question by what they see when they look at your life. About 12 years ago, Caleb's 17 now, but when he was five, the four of us were sitting in the room together, and I was, uh was the first time I had been actually called to be on staff at a church. I'd done a lot of church work, but I was on staff at a church, and I was working pretty fiercely at something, and to be honest, just truth, I worked way too many hours often. And so as I was doing that, I was f- kind of fervently at my phone doing some work, and They were trying to get my attention, and I wouldn't give it. And Caleb said, not Caleb, but Heather said something like, put that phone down or something like that. Caleb, with delight in his voice, became a stick of dynamite that blew a stump out of the yard that was me in this moment. He looked at me, and he said, yeah, Dad, you have more of a relationship with your phone than you do your family. Yep. <laughs> there have been too many of these kind of moments in my life. Too many times when I find myself given or devoted to the wrong things at the wrong time, and the Lord needs to redirect me, needs to push my rudder. Can you relate to that? Why does this happen? <laughs> I mean, we can just say, well, because we're broken. Yes. But this is something we really don't want to be true of us, so how does it keep coming up? And I think, sadly, it's because we often forget something or we've not been taught, okay? And if we're ignorant of it, we're ignorant of it, but may today be the day that we're no longer ignorant of it. We either forget or we've not been taught whom we were created to be actively and utterly devoted to. We either forget because of the scurry of the storm of life around us, or we just don't know that. I want to take a look into a couple of our readings from the Scripture this morning and humbly give us good news about God being such a God, such a King, that not only would He call for our absolute allegiance, He would do everything necessary to make that a possibility for us. Okay? Please pray with me. I pray, Father, that the words of my mouth, the thoughts and the meditations of each one of our hearts would be truly pleasing to You. Come, Holy Spirit, and help us. We pray through Christ. Amen. Okay, so if you were here last week, you'll recall, and if you weren't, you'll learn for the first time now, that we celebrated our five-year anniversary as a church congregation. And as we did, the talk that I gave, I brought to mind the idea of the early part of King Solomon's reign when he built the first great temple to God. I noted how Solomon literally took all of what he had and all of who he was to pull this great endeavor off. And here's what I mean by that. His father, David, had prepared for this moment for a long time in Solomon's life. So Solomon had great wealth and material available to build the temple, but he realized he didn't have enough. That was what he had. But then he used who he was and who his father was and connected with surrounding nations to bring in more material, more help to pull off the temple. I pointed out that Solomon did this because at this moment in his life, he really realized that God was greater. God was higher than anyone or anything. Okay? That's devotion. That's going all in and going, hey, I got to make this happen. God deserves a temple. God told my father I'm supposed to build the temple. So now I'm giving myself to doing this thing that God has called and created me to do. All right, that's devotion. So after talking about that last week, I asked the question, are we a people who think of God this way? As greater and higher than anyone or anything. And then I suggested remembering as something we want to practice together in order to call ourselves to a right and healthy devotion of God so that we can not just be expected to be in some place where we're by no means at all of a sudden, but grow in that direction increasingly and become a people devoted to God. So today, to help us with the application of that, I'm going to try through this brief time together to do just that, to try to help remember together and grow, hopefully, in some of our idea of devotion to God. Okay, so today's the last Sunday of the year in the church calendar. Did you know that? A lot of people don't know that or they don't think of it that way because they just think of the regular calendar year. But today is the last Sunday before Advent, which is next Sunday, and that starts a new church calendar. So today is Christ the King Sunday. It's a day when for centuries Christians have called one another to remember what following Jesus ultimately means. And here's what it is. That we who follow Jesus live by the leave of a king. We live by the leave of a king, and that's really, really hard for us to get our head around, because we live in a nation that was born out of a resistance and a rejection of that, favoring more of a representative kind of government. And while that may work for us at this point in time, the kingdom of heaven Has that name for a good reason because it's ruled by the King of heaven, God, the King of heaven and of earth, who became one of us, a person, the one person who's been lifted up, exalted above every other name in heaven or on the earth throughout history. Jesus, perfectly one with his Father. He is our King. He's the most powerful, most gentle, most just, most loving King of all, ever. Who created us in all things. Who gave his very life when it was necessary to rescue us. (coughs) who is with us still in the person of the Holy Spirit, especially experienced, we hope, when the congregation of His people are together, gathered in His name. This is the King. This is Christ the King, and we are His people, His subjects. Now, what that means is that with every thought, every word, every action, We owe King Jesus our absolute allegiance. It's it's absolute. We are to honor and yield to Him in how we think, what we say, and what we do. Our very existence, our breathing out and breathing in, is to be a confession of His Lordship. And when I said these same words last service, I felt the same weight in the room. And I think it's because, like me, you get the struggle that we deal with here. But remember what I said. I'm not just going to call us to this kind of cerebral truth. I'm going to try to describe the king who calls for this allegiance but does everything to equip us to be about it. And I want to do it by looking at two of our Scripture readings today, both the Old Testament passages from Daniel and Psalms. Now, a little understanding here. Daniel was a 6th sixth, sixth century prophet who was ordained to speak to God's people when, while they were in exile. He was called to keep them, specifically, from losing heart, reminding them of how the Lord's rule is absolute and that he will see his people through whatever happens, no matter what, that he will find a way to persevere his people. Now, the way Daniel heard from the Lord often was through visions And what I read earlier was one of the visions from Daniel chapter 7. I'm just going to read two verses from it now, the last part of what I read earlier. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion. And glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Who's Daniel talking about? It's Jesus hundreds of years before Jesus was born in a vision where he sees God, the fire, his throne, the white like wool hair of God and the robe of God and everything. And then he sees one that's a person brought before God. And then he describes what God gave to this person. He's speaking of Christ. He saw a vision of Christ in heaven. That's a guy that can go to a people and go, listen, I've seen something. It's like the song we sang. There's more than what you see now. There really is. Then in Psalm 93, when Micah read this, in it the psalmist reminds us that God is mightier than the waves of the sea. Now, It's important to understand just a little bit of context here, which some of you have heard me say before. But the sea was one of the most feared representatives or representations of unpredictability and chaos in the ancient world. They were absolutely terrified of it. It's why in old maritime uh, maps, you'll see like big sea monsters and weird things drawn everywhere because they didn't understand it. They were just terrified of it, right? Plus, they thought the world was flat, so they'd go off the edge of the world if they went too far out into the ocean. So the sea was scary. Well, the psalmist says God is mightier than the sea, and his decrees are very trustworthy, and holiness befits his house forevermore. So, this might of God that he describes let's think forward to the gospels and remember a couple of stories in specific in the life of Jesus when he calms a raging storm at sea with a word that's the power of decree peace be still it's over And then another time when there was a tempest on the water, so much so that his very used to the water good sailors who were his disciples couldn't row the boat across to the other side of the Sea of Galilee because it says the wind was against them. And what did Jesus do? Came walking to them on the water. These are demonstrations of word and power intending to Reveal to some, but to all of us who already believe in him, remind us that Jesus is God. And the creation must yield and bow to his presence and word absolutely. That's what that's meant to teach us. So in these two readings... We look and we see how Christ is King of all people and all of creation. So if Jesus is this, if if He's who Daniel, the Psalmist, the Apostles, and billions throughout history paint him to be, then with every thought, every word, every deed, if he asks for our allegiance, if this is who he says he is, if he is that, we owe him our allegiance. We in all of creation are to bow before Christ the King confessing that he is Lord. With all we think, with all we say, and with all we do, we are to be, be 100% devoted to him. But like I confessed earlier, I find myself, many of us, maybe all of us, find ourselves at times evidencing commitments to other allegiances, committing erosive little acts of treason. What are we to do? I want to give something prescriptive. We humble ourselves. We confess our sin and we repent. My only right response in that moment with my son and my family when they called me out, my only right response anytime my treason is revealed is to humble myself, submit and yield to the kindness of of Holy Spirit's conviction. It is a kindness. God does not convict us to shame us. He convicts us to lead us to living. Every time. And after I humble myself, or as I humble myself, then I have to own. I have to break honest and own what I've done or left undone It's already revealed to God anyway, so why does He bother asking for it? I think because somewhere in there He is worshiped, and it's good for us to confess. It's good for me to say, I did it. And to see God look at us and go, I know, and I forgive you for it. Why? Because if we confess, He forgives. It's a promise, it's His math. It's his way. It's his character, his nature. And then, in the Hebrew, the word is shuv. In Greek, it's metanoia. Shuv means literally, if I'm going this way, I turn myself and go this way. Metanoia means if I'm thinking this way, I literally change and think this way. So it's to change my physical position. It's to change my thinking position. Turn from what I'm doing or not doing and walk toward Christ. Walk toward Christ. That's repentance. If you can relate to my frailty, if you can relate to my treason, then your right response to the majestic, imminent, sacrificial kindness of heaven is to humble yourself. Receive the kindness of God's conviction that leads to confession and repentance so that you can turn and walk toward Christ. Return to Him, and then let the way you live your life be your confession. It's like St. Francis said, preach the gospel if necessary, use words. It's one of my favorite sayings. In his letter to the Philippians, St. Paul penned something about Jesus that is so appropriate to read on Christ the King Sunday. Listen to these words. God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. That Sheol. And every tongue confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father Our confession of Christ is Lord. Our confession of that is worship and glory to God. Our lives are to be that verse, that statement, that song. Because Christ is King. He is Lord of all peoples forever. And He is Lord of all His creation. Daniel saw it. The psalmist recalls it. And we remember. as it helps us push our rudder. And if my rudder's stuck, or if I'm fighting it, maybe you can come help me. We can push it together. So as we prepare to step into the new year and begin with Advent, next Sunday, let's help one another remember Jesus Christ is Lord and Exalted King to the glory of God the Father, and we are His people. Let us humble ourselves, confess, and turn from all other allegiances, and live devoted to Him. Amen you've been listening to the mission red bank podcast thanks for joining us if you'd like to know more about mission red bank or have questions about what you've heard today you'll find us on facebook grace and peace to you and may god's blessings surround you